There we go. Sorry. Good morning. Uh, I want to first start off by thanking um, all of you, uh, specifically our congregation uh, for Central, for um, partnering with us uh, or, or really enabling uh, our team to partner with uh, Rivers of the World and, and people in the Dominican Republic for the last nine years. This is the This is the, the ninth year that we've been going to the Dominican Republic. The second year that we've gone to Samana. This is the first year with our new pastor, Pastor Harlan. I'm going to kind of show uh, where Samana is on a map right up here just so that you can see it. Um, and, and really, it's with, without the support of Central, uh, we've got such a generous congregation here. A congregation that gives, that prays, that packs medication, um, that, that sends us off each year um, and, and, uh, and entrusts us to, to represent them. Um, as Randy has said, and as uh, you'll see a little bit later from Keith Burnett of R- Rivers of the World, I think that our team did a great job of representing Christ and representing you to um, the church in uh, Samana, Dominican Republic. Uh, it was uh, a great week by, by all accounts, and, and we'll get a chance to hear from several of our team members uh, in just a little bit, I just want to remind you, we do have lunch after church, so if this runs a little bit long, don't worry, we've got a space for you already over there, okay? You don't have to worry about getting to Piccadilly real quick after church today. And uh, this is about as high-tech as we get in the sanctuary here, so um, excuse me for that. Uh, and I, did, I wanted to share just briefly a, a, just, just some of one of my observations, I guess, and it's, it's that out of, um, out of frustration oftentimes leads, uh, oftentimes we receive opportunities. What I mean by that, each day that we're, that we're on, a, on a trip like this, you know, we're praying for opportunities to, to demonstrate and to share the love of Christ. Um, you know, we did that three ways um, this year. We did that through a medical team. We did that with a construction group, and we did that with a pastor's training school. And so all three groups, uh, while they're all separate, they all share a part of the same mission, which is to, to share the love of Christ. And uh, on our first day out with our medical team, um, we went out to a, a place that many of you heard of last year, which was uh, Cueva de Agua. It's these people live in caves and the side of cliffs, and it's a really, um, really desperate situation for these people. Uh, they, they don't have hardly any food. There's no water. There's no electricity. And, um, and we were thinking this year, because we'd been last year, wow, this is a great place to go and to help a whole lot of people by bringing um, access to medical care. Well, we got out there, and there was a little confusion as to, you know, what day we were supposed to be there, and some of the people didn't know we were supposed to be there that morning, and so some people had left to go fishing, and other people had appointments. And um, it, was, it was just a little frustrating, at least for me, at the beginning, thinking, you know, we brought all these people for thousands of miles away, and all this medication, and all these doctors, um, and, and really, you know, we just want to do um, some good here. It was later in the day, uh, we, we were kind of wrapping up around lunchtime, and, and I was just kind of, um, had resigned myself to thinking, okay, well, this is just sort of a learning curve with a new pastor, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll kind of get this figured out, so tomorrow will be a little bit better day. Well, uh, at, at the end of the day, um, Dr. Cash had been able to talk to somebody who's, whose mother was, was up in the caves, and uh, she was um, in, her, in her early 80s, I believe. And, uh, and she's dying of heart failure. And she's living on a little cot 
Um, you know, they've got a little net, a mosquito net over her, but, but she's up there, and she's, and she's really struggling. Um, and really, it's, it's no way to live out your last days. And so we got a, a, a group um, of guys to, to walk up this cliff. Uh, to, you know, at one point, you have to, like, climb a ladder that's sort of uh, half vertical, half horizontal, with no support on the side. And, um, and we brought up these two plastic yard chairs, and uh, I think it was uh, David had taken the strap off of his backpack, and we used that to, to put her in, this cha- in these chairs that were stacked up and strapped her in and, and brought her down the side of the mountain. You know, you've heard the story of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the paralytic man who's brought to Jesus and his friends cut the hole in the roof and, and bring him before him. That's what I was thinking the whole way back down. We had six guys that each had a, a, a section of, of the chair and somebody that was holding up this woman's head as we brought her down the mountain, as we go over the ladder, um, you know, to, to get back down to the very bottom. And, um, and it was just this amazing moment. It took a little while because, you know, they had to get things ready. And, and the reason why we were bringing her down was so that she could get to the hospital and have a little bit better treatment um, to see maybe it would, it would help her a little bit, but, but most likely that she would just be able to um, end her time uh, in some peace and uh, with, without as much suffering. And um, so we bring her down, and, and, we, and, and we get her all the way to the bottom. And this little community is really um, several families, but they all knew this woman very well. You know, and, and they, knew, they knew that this was going to basically their, their chance to say goodbye. And so, so we're, we're surrounding them, and we're praying uh, for this woman, and her family comes up, and they're surrounding her, and it's her, her daughter and her son and... Um, and her husband, and they're all there, and, and, and the rest of the community is gathered around, and they're all weeping, and they're crying, and um, it was just this incredibly special, sacred moment that, um, that we probably wouldn't have had a chance to have if we were really busy that day. You know, we had all this time in the afternoon that we could go and, and, and do this, uh, and, and it turned out to be probably the most memorable moment of the trip for me, and you'll see some pictures of that a little bit later, okay, of, of what this was like. But to realize, and, and, we, and I always uh, tell people that come on trips with us, that, that, that a mission trip is all about rigid flexibility, okay? Because you never know what each day or what each moment is going to hold. Um, we have a plan in mind. This is the first year I actually had an itinerary, okay? I had a daily schedule um, of what was happening when because I get way too many questions. When's this happening? When's this happening? So finally we printed something out. We gave it to everybody so the questions stopped. Um, but really, just because we had something printed out didn't really mean anything as far as what was going to happen that day. This is, you know, I'm making this up a week ahead. This is my best guess of what Tuesday is going to look like without having any idea what's going to happen on Tuesday, right? And, and, and so, you know, the, the, the verse that comes to my mind is, is when the Lord says, you know, my ways are not your ways, and your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. That, that God has a better plan for us than we have for ourselves, and he gave us this awesome opportunity that wasn't in our itinerary at all. You know, we didn't schedule this one out, um, but it was just a, a beautiful moment, a chance for this, uh, this community to say goodbye to this woman. Um, and, you know, we, we went and checked on her a few days later at the hospital. She's not, she was not doing very well. Um, you know, and that was going to be the last time that she would ever be there um, in the caves uh, with her family and with her friends. But just this, this great moment to share. And, and everybody that was there and knew why, why we're there. And that's, to, and, and that's because we love them, because God loves them, because we want to share the love of Christ uh, with them. 
And it's just, you know, this, this physical demonstration of the love of God uh, poured out through each person that was on our team. You know, we have people that were mixing concrete and sand all week. We have people that were playing with kids all week. We have people that were, that were teaching pastors all week. But each of those people uh, shared a, a vital, had played a vital part. Uh, we, had, we had people, uh, not, not going to forget you, um, we had people that were literally writing down each and every uh, statistic and patient all day, every day. Um, and we've always had that, and it's always the worst job in the world, and it used to be. Sarah Rich always used to do that for us, and uh, this year it was um, Susan and, uh, and, and Annie and Lily. And, um, but each and every, each and every part, uh, each and every person has an incredible part to play um, on a, at a time like this. Um, and so I just want to thank you guys again for your uh, openness and willingness to allow us to go and serve and represent you. Um, you know, consider this your invitation to join us. Uh, because uh, Samana is a place that we would like to be. Um, our, our mission philosophy is to go deep and not to go wide. Okay, so to pick a spot and to invest and to work there, there's a lot of places on this little peninsula. This is just a small part of the island of the Dominican Republic. Okay, this little peninsula that we see God working, that we want to partner with the church and Samana as they reach out to people there. So um, this is a place we'd love to continue to go back to. We continue to build relationships with. We've seen people, you know, the same people this year we saw last year. And this is the fourth time I've been to Samana, and I've seen the same people all four times. Um, so, you know, they're there. It's a great opportunity to serve. And, and I just ask, as, as you listen to people talk, that maybe you would consider either joining us, partnering with us. Uh, I would even say go on vacation there, right? Um, Samana, uh, there's uh, Las Terrenas, Las Galeras. There's some beautiful, beautiful places there. If you don't want to go on a mission team, just go there on vacation. There's some awesome resorts there. Go stop by the church. You can see the work that we've done. Um, you know, thousands of people go there every year for whale watching or just to see the awesome beaches. Um, and it's just a great place to be. So uh, with that, I'm going to invite you girls up to speak. <laughs> Um, hi, my name's Harper, and in the DR we worked in the medical team, but we helped, we played with the kids. But this was my third time coming, coming on a trip, and every time I go, I can't believe how much energy these kids have. Like, oh my gosh, I'm a kid, and they feel like they're on a sugar high to me, like, dang. So, so after lunch I started getting, like, really tired. And I just wanted to take a nap, and this kid was sitting next to me. So I tried to put my head on his shoulder, because I have brothers, so I didn't think anything of it, you know. just wanted a head rest. And so the kid got the wrong idea. And so he started to make me comfortable, you know, and, like, that wasn't a bad thing, because I wanted to go to sleep. And so the kid, we were like sitting, he got me a chair, we were sitting side by side, and all these kids started gathering around us, like watching and giggling, like I didn't know what the big idea was. But um, we were sitting, and I had my head on him, and then Spencer came up, who knows way more Spanish than me, he started having conversation with them, while I was like completely clueless. And it turned out the kid wanted to marry me. <laughs> so... So I married the kid, 
so I could get a headrest, you know. So um, then I, all of a sudden I heard like somebody yell, and it was his mother. And I thought I just got this kid in trouble because I just wanted to sleep. And so he like ran to his mother, and I was just waiting for him. And then he came back, and he was all timid-like, and he handed me this bracelet. And I put it on, and he was really happy when I put it on. So when I went to the Dominican, I married a kid half my age. (laughs) Who, uh, we couldn't speak the same language, and we didn't know each other's names. Okay, hi, I'm Ali MacArthur, and this was my second year going on this trip. And um, I was working in the children's ministry, and there were a lot of kids that I saw from last year. And I saw this one girl, her name was Melissa, and we were really good friends last year. But this year, um, we picked up right where we left off. Like, there hadn't been a year in between us. And, sorry. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, <laughs> it was crazy how she remembered my name, and I realized that, um, it was, um, <laughs> okay, I thought it was crazy how big of an impact we left on these people's lives, because, um, oh, and later that night I was thinking about it, how she remembered me and everything, And I thought that I would rather remember as she didn't remember me as an individual, but she remembered the whole mission team as, like, the Holy Spirit through us. And I don't know. I just thought that was crazy. So I'm going to turn the tables over to Annie. Um, I'm Annie. I don't know if you all remember me from last year. I was the girl who cried. Not going to happen this time, okay? Um... This is my second year coming on the mission trip and working with the children's ministry, and it's just such an impact on my life. I've been changed forever by this, and they have a lot of funny stories. I do too, but there are some things that I just feel that everybody needs to experience. They're kind of sad, but they change you forever. Um, There was one girl that I met that Sunday. We went to church, and... As we walked in, you know, everybody's staring at us. They've never seen blonde hair. They, a bunch of white people walking to a black church. They don't really know. Um, and on the whole left side, there's all the kids, and they're all staring and pointing. But there was one girl that I noticed. She was sitting in the back by herself. She looked kind of sad. But as we walked in, she, like, had this huge smile on her face. Like, she could feel God coming in as we were walking in. We sat down in the pew next to her, and she just kept looking at us. And I was like, hmm. And I felt like God was calling me to go sit with her. So I did. And as soon as we came over, she had the biggest smile you will ever see in your whole life. And I've just never seen somebody so happy. I was just sitting with her, and she just, I don't even know. She was just so happy. And I could just feel that God was doing something through me that I didn't understand, but it made such a difference. Um, there was another little boy, the Harper's um, husband. <laughs> he, um, when we first came that day, I think it was the second day. Second day. Second day. Um, 
he was really happy, and he was playing with all the other kids, just having a good time, and his mom called him into their house, and he came out, and he looked so sad. I don't know what was wrong. I don't know if his mom was yelling at him or somebody was being mean, but he came out so sad, and I was like, okay, well, why don't I just pray for him? And I did, and he just, like, you could tell in his face that something changed him that day, and I could tell that he wasn't, he didn't really know God before we came that day, and Towards the end, I prayed with, like, all the kids that were left over, and I asked if I could pray with them, and he said, no, I want to pray for you. So he prayed over us, and it just, just such a difference that we make. I mean, we're just playing with kids. You don't think that, I mean, we're not saving lives like Dr. Cash, and we're not building houses, and we're not teaching I don't even know. We're just playing with them. We're just having fun, and we just make such a difference. Um, the other day in Sunday school, Dan was talking about the light that's within us that God puts us, and he said, as the world gets darker and darker, our light shines brighter. And I was thinking, we were in the darkest places, these people that have nothing, but yet God's light shines so bright in all of them that they were all changed that day. And we did that, the light inside of us, and I'm just changed forever by it. So thank you. Okay, now I'd like to invite up uh, Dr. Lau, first timer with us. Uh, we, we were privileged to have our first pediatrician, and I don't know how we ever did it without one, um, to be honest. So um, uh, not only did we have Brian, but also Ann and Spencer and Parker, uh, great additions to our team, and I'll let Brian share a little bit about, uh, about his week with you. Well, first of all, I would definitely like to thank the church for providing the opportunity, for providing the resources, the prayers, the prep work. The pharmacy was incredible. Um, before I, this is the first mission trip we went on, and you'd hear everybody say, it's life-changing, you'll come back a changed person. Um, it's very true. Every one of us in our family had the exact feelings. It's totally changed our lives. Um, the journey began approximately a year ago when Gordon Cash in a Sunday school looked at me and told me, Brian, you're going on the mission trip. There's way too many kids to see. I came home from that Sunday school class, and I'd known Gordon because I was actually a med student who rotated with him years ago, so I came home, told my wife, I go, honey, I think we're going on a mission trip. I don't think I can tell Gordon no. So we prayed about it, and subsequently God guided us, and it was truly the best decision we made. I wouldn't like to thank all the teams, um, the construction, the medical, pastor team. It was incredible. When thinking about thoughts to prepare for speaking about this, I wanted to just um, read Romans 4 through 8. And this kind of summed up what I saw happening over in the mission trip. And I've never seen it in all my years of medical practice. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we are many form in one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. 
If it is in serving, let him serve. If it is in teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is in leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is in showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. I was truly impressed with all the teams. Um, Never have I seen such a group work together and so many members, and it was just overwhelming experience. Everybody truly was a part helping each other out. As far as what I saw personally as a pediatrician, wow, there were lots of kids. And, <laughs> and I do not know how Gordon did this without a pediatrician. In, in fact, on the last day, Dan, who's always just cool as a cucumber, was just evidently when the bus pulled up with a bus load of children, I think even it took Dan a, a gash and had to come up with a another plan to actually truly see which kids were actually sick and who just needed the parasitic medicine and the vitamins. But what I did find from all the parents who and I was taking care of, all the parents there, just like all the parents that I take care of here in Huntsville, they wanted to be told that their children are okay. They wanted reassurance. They wanted to end up trying to help the better for the welfare. Um, I was fortunate that I had a wonderful translator, Sophia, with me, the adolescents, boy, I had some fun with the adolescents, just as I do in Huntsville. We quickly, one of the adolescents, girls came in, she was complaining about headaches. Through Sophia, we were rapidly, I rapidly asked Sophia, will you ask this 16-year-old girl where her glasses are? <laughs> rapidly, Sophia, we ended up figuring out she was having headaches because she does not like to wear her glasses. We re- <laughs> she, just like my patients, has self-image issues. We gave her reassurance. I told her I would never be a doctor without glasses. I think we provided her some good insight. So again, I want to thank the church. I want to thank Gordon for telling us, telling me I'm going on the mission trip. It was definitely a one-in-a-lifetime experience. Thank you. Uh, without further ado, I will introduce you to Dr. Gordon Cash. And I was grateful for Dr. Lau. My formal training in pediatrics was in 1980, and so it made me nervous to see children, although I've done it in the past. So that we saw about 500 patients, probably all together. And what impressed me most probably is the way the hard life affects the people physically. Women in their 30s were complaining of arthritis and degenerative type pains. The, the, uh, the obesity and hypertension and diabetes were were the main problems, but they really started at an early age. Uh, I think if you have to spend maybe three hours a day finding fresh water for your family and then trying to cook whatever meager food you have, I'm sure that ages you. Uh, but but the, the, the entire population, with some exceptions, really uh, appeared to just go through the ravages of life and, and, and just look like they aged quickly. We had three or four patients who were very sick and were hospitalized, required IV fluids, that sort of thing. On the cliff, as we mentioned, the, 
We saw a diabetic with a blood sugar in the mid-500s. We asked, when did you last take your blood sugar medicine? He said, last year when you guys came. He required hospitalization. And we had the Dominican doctor give him a stern talking to about take your medicines. It was inspiring to watch the other members of the trip. If you sent your children, you can rest assured they were behaved, they did not complain, they worked hard. And really, the, just watching the children or the teenagers in our group show such compassion to the Dominican kids was, was really gratifying. The families who came and brought their children, that was really special to, to watch families like Dr. Lau's with, with their children. Uh, I think it was a great experience for both the parents and the children. And as, as Dan mentioned, this is a joint effort. This is your mission trip. Uh, we're, we're honored and grateful to be the ones going. Uh, although we won't always be, there'll be different people. But because of the tithes and offerings, we were able to bring medicines down. We were able to, to see these people. Uh, in fact, the first day, we were able to serve them lunch. Um, but many of you made sacrifices beyond money. Uh, there are the wives who gave up their husbands for a week, and not just for a week because of the preparation. The, the children who, who, who sacrificed time when their mothers left. Their husbands who gave up time with, time with their wives. And for that, we, we thank you. Uh, we thank Megan Kish in particular because she gave up her husband um, despite having a newborn child at home, despite all the rigors of taking care of three children. Um, and she gave up Dan not for that week, but for all the time that he prepares. Uh, but, but I want you to know that for each patient who was comforted and treated medically, for each person who we prayed with, for each person who was who, who uh, heard the gospel of Christ. This happened because of each of you who supported us and allowed us to go, and we're grateful for the privilege. Um, and we thank you. Last but certainly not least, I'd like to invite up Michael Dowdy to give us a lecture on something. <laughs> So imagine I took you to a desert island and I told you to build a shelter or some kind of habitation out there. Now, this island isn't forested, so you don't have any access to wood, and neither does it have any big heroic stones or quarries that you can use to build with that stuff. Instead, all you have is you have a lot of sand, you've got a bunch of little rocks, and you might have a little mineral deposit. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to use what you have, and you're going to come up with a way of gluing all those little rocks together to make something more substantial. Well, guess what? This past week, or not this past week, we spent all week gluing little rocks together to make something more substantial. We went to a large-scale version of a desert island that doesn't really have any forests. All it has, sand, little rocks, and a little bit of mineral deposits. Um, and we mixed concrete. I had a, in architecture school, I had a, a full three credit hour course on the mathematics and intricacies of concrete construction. And 
My professor there told me that at the end of the day, all concrete is is gluing little rocks together to make one big rock, <laughs> right? So yeah, in the DR, they use what they have, and they use a component system of um, sand, rocks, cement, and water to glue little rocks together to make one big rock. So now the question is, how do you make something that you can inhabit out of this instead of just one giant clump on the ground? How do you, how do you span a distance to create a habitable space? Um, and here's where we go into a little bit of basic bean theory. There we go. <laughs> right? In, in building system statics, there are two primary forces that act on a body. Right? There's, there's compression, which is pushing together, right? And there's tension, which is the force that, that, that pulls apart. Um, when an element, go to the next one. <laughs> when an element like a beam um, tries to span a distance, it undergoes those two forces simultaneously. Um, if supported on two ends, the part of the beam where the, where the load is applied, usually at the top, if you're loading from the top, um, undergoes compression with the fibers of the beam trying to push themselves together. The bottom part of the beam, the other part, is subject to tension where the fibers are trying to pull themselves apart. Concrete as a material is by itself very, very strong in compression. Um, it's good at resisting those forces, but it's terrible in tension. It pulls apart really easily. It's, it's why you see so many cracks in, in concrete work. That's why concrete cracks, is because it's bad in tension and it pulls apart. So, so what do we do now? Um, knowing that our building material of choice, this is what we have, right? It's gonna fail on its own when we ask it to span any distance. Well, we've got to find some way of tying it together where it's subject to those tension forces. Go to the next one. That's, this is exactly what, what steel rebar is, right? Steel is a, a material that's, that's very, very strong in, in tension. Um, that's why you see suspension bridges made out of steel cable. It's, it's great for that application. So when the concrete bonds to the steel, um, our, our tension problem is solved here. Yeah, we're good. Go to the next one. <laughs> All right, so now, now we've got our component system of rocks, sand, cement, water, and, and steel. Now, the last item that we need in order to be effective is, is the correct formwork or retention system or guide which keeps the concrete in line to form the correct geometry. Without the formwork, that mixture is just going to flow and slop around wherever it happens to fall, um, and the whole system is going to end up being just a giant clump on the ground. But when we have all of these components properly placed and executed, what you end up with is a system that's incredibly economical, it's durable, and can quite frankly be very beautiful, um, which is why it's such a con common construction practice worldwide. Now, as an architect, one of, the, one of the things that I love about my job is, is finding ways to turn the theoretical into the practical. So I'm always amazed at the, um, at the object lessons that the Lord's able to teach me whenever I get a chance to go on these trips. 
And if you'll remember, for the past dozen weeks or so, Reverend Jenkins and Dan have been preaching on the unity that we have with Christ. And, and what is concrete, if not just a physical construction system predicated on unity, right? You can't make anything effective out of a pile of small individual rocks. You can't span a divide, or you can't begin, any type, begin to form any type of reasonable dwelling place. We have to be bonded together. We have to be bonded to each other to evenly distribute and share with one another the pressures that our lives come, come against when we're subject to, to loading. If we don't, we'll be crushed. We have to be bonded to Christ, our common thread, as the distance spans greater and we feel torn apart from each other, or else we'll be just ripped asunder. And to me personally, the coolest part of this trip was I got to share with, support, and serve a group of people that could not be more different than me. I mean, it's a different race, it's a different culture. We don't even speak the same language. But we worship the same God, and we love are loved by the same Savior. And what, what a tie that is, you know. What a strong reinforcement. Um, and finally, we, we have to be kept in line. We have to be guided by his word. Or our passions and our proclivities will cause us to just simply slop apart and fall to the floor as useless clumps. Um, from the word, from Colossians 3, 12 through 15. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. No one is, is pretending that this arrangement is e easy or even natural for us. Mixing concrete is heavy, laborious, highly energy-intensive task. It's an uncomfortable process, it's hot, it's abrasive, and it's extremely messy. But in the hands of a master builder, common, unheroic elements can be formed together to create the strongest, most beautiful structures. So thank you. Another of the highlights of my week was listening to Michael's construction talk on the first day. Um, the four pillars of construction, which are service, support, sharing, and safety forth. Okay, as he goes through this with the construction team, uh, Michael's not allowed to practice his architect. He's not allowed to be a practicing architect overseas, but he can do it here. So if you want something built, uh, please talk to Michael. He will, he will build it for you and do a great job. Uh, finally, I do want to close this with just a, a brief word from, uh, from Dr. Keith Burnett, and then I've got a, a, a brief, it's about seven-minute slideshow, um, and, and that's how we'll end uh, today. So thank you all so much for your attention and your time, and uh, hopefully this will be a blessing to you. Thank you.
Good morning. I'm glad to share a word of thanks with you. I am very glad to have taken part with your staff, Pastor Randy and Dan and the mission team, uh, last week in the Dominican Republic. Your church continues to be a blessing to me, and along with the Apostle Paul, who wrote to the Philippian church that he gave thanks upon every remembrance of them. Your church causes me to give thanks to the Lord. Your church has supported faithfully the work of grow, and uh, on behalf of uh, ben and Mike, I'd just like to say thank you again. I had a great time when we were in the Dominican Republic teaching with Randy and Chris. The medical team and the construction team did an awesome job all week long. They were great illustrations and examples of people who serve others in the name of Christ. So we appreciate that. I appreciate them. And I just want you to know, from me to you, that your mission team represented your church very well, and they represented the kingdom in an exemplary way. Thank you for allowing God to use you, and thank you for allowing me to be a part of what we are doing together for the kingdom. Thank you.
So again, just thank you all so much. There's so many other stories that it would take us a long, long time to tell. Um, please, if you're at lunch and you see somebody went on the trip, ask them about the dancing. Uh, ask them about um, you know some of their time there. Uh, we had an awesome, awesome crew uh, with with uh, so many great things. So, uh, if you will, uh, let's pray, and then we can head over for lunch. So. Father God, we do thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Father, not just in the Dominican Republic and not just in Samana, but, but Lord, each and every day that we have a choice uh, to serve you. Lord, you've called us to be living sacrifices, Romans chapter 12, uh, that our, our acceptable act of worship is to live our lives each and every day for you. And Lord, that we ask that you would enable us to do that, that others would see the power and truth of the gospel through us each and every day. Uh, Lord, bless now our time together as we, as we eat and, uh, and just share fellowship in the Cooper House. That, um, that This would just be a, a great time to be together as the body of Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.